Hello, hello. My name is Bokusaza, and this recording will serve as my individual reflection for standards 6, 7, and 8 uh, video from Moreland University. Let's start with standard 6 uh, assessment. Standard 6 has three guiding questions, the first of which is, does the candidate use both formative and summative assessments that are aligned with the learning objectives to support and verify student learning and use technology to assess students' understanding of the content? I think in this particular lesson, we saw some formative assessments within the lesson, really looking at um, whether students are able to make an accurate prediction after seeing, um, previewing and prediction being modeled. And then also in this lesson, we see uh, formative assessment coming in the sense of the baseline that was given to establish where students are, what students uh, know already, and where they can be challenged. And using that information uh, then later on, but we'll get to that. And then I would say a summative assessment. Um, in my mental reflection with uh, Carly, she noted that the summative assessment can kind of be whether or not students were able to accomplish the task at hand. And I do think that um, in general, uh, yeah, I think that the activity kind of lends itself as a pseudo-summative assessment. It's definitely um, not an assessment in the uh, capital T traditional way. Um, but yes, it definitely is a summative assessment of students putting that skill into practice. Um, so overall, I think the room to grow in that um, in this particular question might be... Um, the drive of future instruction. Um, I think that the gathering of the data was there, but then looking at how that data is specifically going to influence um, specific lessons, um, especially when teaching from a common curriculum and looking at, okay, um, can I take this lesson out? How do I need to change this particular lesson? And so on and so forth. Then when we move on to question two, I think, does the candidate use data obtained from assessments to monitor learner progress, guide planning, and better meet the needs of the learner? I think in this lesson, we see um, the data being utilized, particularly when um, the data is utilized when um, groups are made for the assessment. Um, so the assessment that we took was a baseline assessment and provided the um, the data necessary to make groups, um, research groups in particular for the unit. And so I think we're seeing the data of that baseline assessment put into practice there. Um, I think another portion of this is um, we see multiple modes of assessment, such as summative assessment working individually. We see um, students working on a baseline assessment, and then we see um, formative assessments in the lesson themselves, understanding checks and the like. Um, and I think um, we see different supports as well. For example, in the baseline assessment, students, there were two versions of the test itself. So the test material was differentiated to provide some students uh, with learning profiles, specific tools to be successful. And then some students even took uh, it one step further and took their learning into a different environment to make them more successful. I think an area for growth in this particular mode would be to, um, to look at multiple modes of assessment and maybe think about, um, I really enjoy looking at projects as a summative assessment instead of um, giving traditional assessments. So looking at a project, I think would be a way to grow. I'd like to, um, 
maybe in my own classroom work towards having a project as most of my summative assessments, if not all. Um, let's move on to question three, though. Does the candidate make proper accommodation and modification of testing conditions for students, especially in English language learners? So I think we saw this in the last question as well. Um, the idea that students uh, received, there were two copies of the test material. So the test itself was, the assessment rather, itself was a set of four questions. Students were given four questions and asked to respond accordingly. Uh, using two research articles in particular. And there were two sets of the questions. The first set was simply the question itself. The second set had the question, and then it had a, the question, some of the terms broken down into specific bullet points to guide students a little more clearly in their thinking, a little bit more scaffolding. Um, and then the final, and so those were two, those were two examples of um, different support accommodating students who have specific um, specific needs in their learning profiles. And then the final support I would say is put, giving that group the time outside to have the tests read to them specifically um, to help them really kind of take their answers and bump them up to the next level and see what they can do put in a per, uh, an environment that's the most conducive for them. Right, putting them in that uh, that separate environment, giving them the option to have the test read to them. Right, so we're looking at it in that way, the accommodations in that form, different styles of the test, and then different settings as well. Uh, moving on to number seven, planning for instruction. Does the candidate utilize evidence-based strategies and instruction to plan effective instruction that supports each student in meeting rigorous learning goals? Um, I think we see this in the um, in the groups of the lesson. I think um, students were differentiated in their heterogeneous groups, really getting the opportunity to learn from each other and to work with each other, really seeing what they uh, their peers have to bring to the table and really understanding that their peers bring different strengths to the table, and that's important. Um, so then we see differentiation there, and then I think a, a a way for me to grow in this particular question would be um, to kind of differentiate further um, and really put it, make it so that um, students who are at specific reading levels, for example, are able to, um, are still able to participate fully, maybe by having um, a pared down version of an article or text that are, um, more conducive for them um, in the in the group's pool or in their research materials as well. The, uh, the second question for standard seven, does the candidate utilize assessment data and knowledge of student interest to plan appropriate sequencing of learning experiences, starting with simple examples and progressing to more difficult examples, including explicit instruction of new concepts? I think in this lesson we see, um, you know, the concepts taught were previewing and predicting in nonfiction text and what that looks like. Um, I think students have done previewing and predicting in fiction texts, uh, both historical and realistic. <laughs> and now um, the idea is that we take those similar skills and we kind of adapt and apply them to work in this new context. And so when we look at it, uh, this lesson in particular, we see that students were asked to preview uh, pages after being modeled, after seeing it modeled. And then they were asked to make a prediction based on the preview. Students were asked to identify like what made a good preview and what made a bad preview, and then work from there. So that was um, that was good. And then um, we see uh, 
we see the revisions to meet student needs kind of in um, the groupings again as well, the revisions to meet student needs, kind of adjusting student partnerships, right? Like students were in their own research groups, but some of them worked with specific partners um, and that was designed to target and give them the opportunity to work with someone or two individuals rather, they're working in a trio to give them the support that they needed to either listen to a conversation um, if they weren't in a space to participate, they could still listen to quality conversation or to engage. Um, moving on to standard eight, I think um, the first question here, it says, does the candidate monitor student learning, apply appropriate instructional studies and adjust instruction based on assessment data to support student learning? I think that um, this lesson used technology in the slideshow and a different in the different printouts and activities. I think um, the data from the baseline assessment was used to create the research groups, and that'll be a theme throughout our unit. Um, it's interesting to see the groups and how they interact because you're you're juggling not only um, being heterogeneous groups, right? You're juggling different skill levels and abilities. You're juggling different interests. So you're seeing really, you're seeing this myriad play out on several different scales. And so it'll be interesting to, um, to continue to adjust instruction to meet students where they are as some students ramp ahead and some students pause to, as some students move on to other skills and some students dive deeper into different ones, right? It'll be, it'll be interesting to adjust. Um, so that students, as we move forward, to see how students react. Um, next question, does the candidate regularly and effectively ask questions to stimulate discussion that serves different purposes with the goal of helping students develop higher order thinking skills? Um, I think in particular, like this is probably an area of strength maybe. Um, I do like to ask questions that uh, bring in higher order thinking skills. I think in this lesson, one of the biggest takeaways was really looking at what separated a good preview and prediction in nonfiction from bad one really and taking a look at what the difference was really defining for students this is what a bad one looks like and this is what a good one looks like and then asking them to look at what are the differences identify them and point to them um, i think that's kind of some higher order thinking a little bit of comparing contrasting which is an important nonfiction skill um, i think there were other discussion questions asked as well, looking at different texts of how things relate to each other in the small groups. Um, I think one thing that I would say is an area of growth here is I think I would like to, no matter what, I would like to have a debrief discussion question for my lesson in every lesson. I think in this lesson, I wrote it so that it would tail out specifically and that students would have the remainder of the time because I was doing... Um, kind of a a chunk and then in a small activity and then a chunk and then a larger activity kind of format, I figured students would have the opportunity to, um, I figured students wouldn't have the opportunity, wouldn't need to necessarily have a debrief or would benefit more from having the time to practice the skill. And so I think one thing that can be, um, one thing that can be an area of growth is looking at this structure and always including a debrief set of question, a question or set of questions. And the point of the debrief in this regard is to make sure that um, students 
are able to take the skill to the next level. And I think in this particular lesson, the debrief question could have been posed to students during individual work who were really on the higher end of thinking and or really I could have posed it to any every student individually and had them answer it as I was conferencing. And that could have served as a mini debrief to really encourage students to once again, think critically about the skill and really see how it fits into the grand scheme of things. So that would be an area of growth is to really include it in every lesson. But I think there was critical thinking and higher order thinking of the skill and how, um, how the quality can be affected based on certain elements, variables, and then looking at how the skill is gonna help us with our research um, as well. Thank you for listening. That'll wrap up my reflection for these standards. Once again, this is my personal reflection. Thank you for listening.